Thanks for downloading today's Alumni Voices podcast. I'm your host, Josh Van Camben, and today's special guest is Dr. Claire Cook, Project Lead at the Ability Centre. Now, Claire, your journey at UWA started when you were studying your BA. What was life at UWA like as a student for you? Such a good time. I learned so much. I made great friends. I got to do some amazing volunteer opportunities. It was an all-encompassing experience and I really look back fondly on my time at UWA. Is there a specific memory you look back at and go, oh, that was an amazing time or was it just as a, as a whole? The whole thing was pretty amazing. I loved <laughs> doing the uh, orientation tours for the first years as a mentor. Yeah, well. It's always a privilege to see first years adjusting to uni life and helping them settle in. So were you a uni mentor while yes, you were here? Ah, beautiful. So what, so what was that like? Oh, that was a cracking good time because you got to meet people from all walks of life, uh, all over the world, all at various points in their lives, but all with one thing in common, which is starting at UWA and just really fostering a sense of community so that you could feel like you belonged and really ease into that first semester, which can often just be like you've been thrown in the deep end. Do you look back at your first year and was it a complete whirlwind for you? Yeah, totally like the idea of studying for exams the more than a week before was just not even heard of (laughs) (laughs) it's quite foreign to you (laughs) now you have mild cerebral palsy how does it impact on your daily life but also what was it like when you at uwa with your studies and your work life as well so when i was at uwa i had the support of uni access who were fantastic so i had a, a special keyboard to type my notes uh, which also it weighed practically nothing so it was very easy to carry around Beautiful. and then i also um had my timetables set up in advance so everything was close together. There wasn't like walking from one end of campus to the other and my classes were grouped together so that I wasn't coming in like every day, which was really nice. Now you also worked for Uni Access as well, didn't you? I did, yes, for several years and um, that was such a privilege to be part of the students' lives. So I, um, I did everything from sitting down with people as they tried to grapple with their course material, just being a sounding board, to transcribing lectures for students who are deaf or hard of hearing, uh, to helping students who are vision impaired, getting all the course content accessible, um, helping to bridge the gap between students and staff, because disability is such a big umbrella term. Mm -hmm. And staff also have quite a lot going on in their own lives they're trying to teach they're trying to research they're juggling you know a hundred or so students Uh, so it was just navigating all those different things and being there for the students so that they knew that they were covered for the semester everything that they needed within reason would be more or less taken care of was it important for students that were talking to you that they could understand from your end that you you know you've been through what they've been through is that a huge benefit Totally. And I think as well, because I did my PhD at UWA as well, um, sometimes it can be really comforting when you've met somebody that's gone through the other side, survived their degree and then stayed on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I certainly didn't really know anybody actively doing their PhD with a disability when I was studying. I knew people who had a disability and finished their PhD, but it's, it's... it's very comforting to the soul when you're like, oh, somebody else has survived this. Now, PhD, can you explain to the listeners 
what you did it on and what it's doing a PhD is really tough for, for anybody what were the difficulties for you as well as well and you know having access to, to uni access must have been a huge benefit totally so I studied black American missionary women in South Africa well and I spent about a year and a half just reading microfilm up in the well, it used to be the Scholars Centre there. So Uni Access set up the microfilm machine, which looks like an old movie reel, okay. if yep. you imagine. And it's, yep. it's totally, it's quite a physical task setting it up and you wow. have to press through every bit of film to see it. Um, so Uni Access were terrific at setting it up just right, getting the chair right, getting the lighting right so I could just turn up and mm-hmm. get to work. And I also... Uh, spent a lot of time overseas so you know one thing that made it easier was I nearly always traveled with a friend that just helped out with getting around Mm. having just one extra person to help navigate strange cities. So why did you choose that topic? Um, Well I was I'm still very invested in debunking stereotypes Uh, and I have a a strong side passion for second-wave feminism. Uh, primarily the women's liberation movement yep. in America. And when I was doing my honours, I came across the writings of black American women. Uh, and I'd been reading a bit on it throughout my undergrad. And when I reached the PhD level, I thought I really want to know more about the experiences of black American women. Uh, and I wanted to write on people that had died because I didn't want to be hackled at conferences. So that led me to missionaries because post uh, pre-1940 the women's writings are held in church archives mostly okay. um, so that's how that came about and it was a wonderful opportunity to travel the world I would never have seen so much of the world had I not done a PhD so can you share whereabouts in the world did you travel to I spent I did four trips to the United States alone uh, I also spent as a postdoc thanks to the Australian Academy of Humanities uh, six weeks in South Africa, and I went from one side of South Africa to the other. The well. same for America. I was all over the East Coast. I was Midwest and on the um, West Coast. Is it, have you got a favorite city, favorite country? I love sitting at the Methodist Archives in New Jersey. Yep. It's a small university, and they always let international scholars have a flat of their own. Oh, wow. So you can cook your own meals, which is a godsend when you're away from home for months. <laughs> and um, the archives are exquisite there, and it, it's it's a pleasure to be there and touching in person the materials yeah. that the missionaries themselves would have touched. Now, one thing we're here to talk about is your app, Nessa. Yes. So how did the chance to lead a project on the new disability scheme present itself? Yeah, so parallel to all that PhD <laughs> research, I was always working for uni access throughout my PhD. And uh, as I wrapped up the postdoc stuff, I started looking for opportunities to move into the disability sector and really um, make the lives of people with a disability easier. Mm. And so the project at the Ability Centre came up. uh, They were advertising the end of last year. And it was just, I mean, it's a once in a generation change Mm -hmm. to for the entire disability funding to change from a block model where you just get told what you're getting and how it's going to be to the individual having choice and control. And obviously it's fraught with 
some technicalities and yep. it's very much reliant on you being articulate and vocal and understanding it. And so I had been through the NDIS myself as a mm. participant on my first plan. Yep. And coming into the project, it was bringing that lived experience, uh, the nearly 10 years of experience working with UWA mm -hmm. students and bringing those strong research skills honed through the PhD and bringing them all together. Mm -hmm. uh, so originally I was brought on to create a clinical checklist. Well. And I thought, well, let's take this a step further because checklists, <laughs> they fade into oblivion. We know that they can be the best checklist in the world, but people just won't use them, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so the app came about because I thought, well, I want to take this further and I want to make sure that all the knowledge I've amassed in the project is there for everybody else yep. and it doesn't fade into the background. And that's where the app came into it. How does it make life easier for people? So in several ways, it uh, provides, and this is the first app of its kind, to provide the tools for participants or participants and their family members, carers or guardians, to track for themselves where their NDIS funds are going, uh, which team member they're going to, mm. if it correlates with the appointments that they've had. But it also guides them through the entire NDIS process from start to finish. So every step of the way, even if you're awake at 3 o'clock in the middle of the night because you don't know what's going to come out of your NDIS plan, the app Nessa is right there with you and it's got what you need every step of the way. And it also has myth-busting fact sheets. It has the clinical checklist. It has all the other wonderful projects that have been done at the Ability Center and for free. And that's, for me, the biggest thing is that this isn't reliant on you already having mm -hmm. a plan. It's there for you every step of the way. And there's no cost to the user. Can you take us back to before the app? What, what's yeah. it like being, you know, applying for some of these funds? You said you kind of came in a block and now you've got choice. So yeah. how much has it changed and how much of an impact is Nessa going to have not only just for you at the moment, but future yeah. generations as well? That's a really good question. So if in terms of the first part, under block funding, I was only eligible to receive um, the services of one physical therapist which was weekly, yep. um, and one other therapist uh, fortnightly. And so I was paying privately for a lot of the therapy that I needed. Yep. So under the NDIS, I have two physios, two OTs, um, you know, you name it, I can fund it with the NDIS, and it's had an amazing impact on my health. I. I'm getting a hydro routine regularly. And I, I know it might not sound much, like much, but just getting that regular check-in and getting my exercise program checked, like I sleep better, I'm eating better, I can do more because I've got more energy. And that makes a really big difference to my life day in, day out. Absolutely. And in terms of the impact for Nessa, it's certainly my hope that although only 3% of NDIS participants across Australia currently self-manage, I hope that more people will feel confident about managing their NDIS plans because when you self-manage, you can take your funds anywhere. Uh, you've got more freedom in the price. You've got more freedom in who's providing that service. And I think that that's one of the biggest things the NDIS can offer. So it's, it's my hope 
that it'll be there for the long term as across Australia, mostly in WA, people keep transitioning over, but that it'll also remain relevant as more and more people hopefully become confident to self-manage. Is there much more support that the disability sector needs as well? Yeah, so much. So it's it's not just a funding change, it's a total mindset mm. change. Uh, it's a huge change for therapists who now have to bill for their time in ways that they just never had to before. It's a change for management. Mm -hmm. uh, the NDIS itself is forever changing. So as it adjusts and grows and the the learning curves happen, there you just can't you can't go to bed and assume the NDIS will still be the same when you wake up because something will have probably changed. How much has it changed over your years with the, with the I guess the government funding? Yeah, so this year alone we've seen changes to the price guide twice already. Wow. So, and then um, impromptu things like the NDIS gave me extra funds um, to account for the price increase. Um, more things are being covered by the NDIS just this year alone. Uh, there's more clarity. Even just this year, it's become clearer what is covered, what isn't covered. Sure. So that, it's a very exciting time in the disability sector. Uh, so it's a great time to get into it. And it's also a time of really rapid change. Now, you clearly love to take on challenges. What's the next challenge or opportunity you're looking to take on? Uh, well, at the moment, it's getting Nessa off the ground and after that I'm going to be looking for more uh, or similar work where I can continue to look at innovative solutions that are creative but practical yep. and done in a timely manner under budget. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the, the correct company answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the genuine answer. I'm, I'm very pleased to say that the app has genuinely run on time and um, I certainly feel like as a as a participant of the ability uh, a participant of the NDIS it's so important that that information gets out there as soon as possible and so when working in the disability sector I want to make sure that all the red tape and the things that a project needs to go through are really getting addressed early yeah. so that people aren't suffering any more than they need to now if you give one piece of advice to someone, if it's mm. you know studying at UWA, about to start their journey at UWA, whether they have a disability or not, uh, yep. what would it be? I think it would be to think of a sloth doing yoga. Take it easy, but make the most of it. You can't do everything, but you know at least you could have a good time because there's so many opportunities at UWA and you, you wouldn't want to miss out on anything. That is the best <laughs> advice. I've never heard of that one before. That is fantastic. Now, Claire, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much. But if people want to find out more about Nessa or the Ability Centre or about your journey, where can they see it? Sure. So from October 30th, Nessa will be live at Nessa, that's N-E-S-S-A, dot abilitycentre.com.au. Uh, and they're always welcome to contact the Ability Centre through info at abilitycentre.com.au. Wonderful. Now, Claire, you're an absolute inspiration. I absolutely love your story. I look forward to seeing where Nessa goes and uh, look forward to seeing your journey too. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.